0: Happy Monday, folks. Welcome to another Picture Lock PR After Show. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find movie reviews, all the back episodes, and so much more at picturelockshow.com. Today, I continue the conversation with Paul Dudbridge, writer of the book Making Your First Blockbuster, Write It, Film It, Blow It Up, We talk a little bit more about his book, the current zombie project that he's working on and as always, ways that you can improve your PR and marketing with your film. We dig into starting early with your project's PR and marketing, being sure the content that you put out to the public is clear and has context, and Paul asked me some questions in regard to the film festival circuit. So this is definitely an after show you don't want to miss. Picture Lock question of the week, I wanted to go ahead and jump into that early on this Monday. I know I usually post it on Thursdays, but this is something that came up and I think it's really kind of near and dear to my heart and I see so many filmmakers are split on this. What do you think about Steven Spielberg trying to block Netflix from having its films be Academy Award eligible? Leave me a message 60 seconds or less on your thoughts of this divisive issue, and I'll play it during next week's show. You can call in 202-350-1351, or you can always let me know on social media or email me at picturelockshow at gmail.com, and I'll read your answer on next week's show. Definitely interested in what you guys have to say, because I I, I can see it going both ways, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those of you that are like, Steve, what? Is he still your hero? (laughs) All right. Uh, So we can go ahead and jump into this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you're just listening to a link. You can find it in iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Blueberry, wherever you catch your podcast. And if you're a fan of Alexa Skills, just say, Alexa, play Picture Lock Podcast and I'll come right up. Feel free to leave a five-star review of the show as well. You're supporting the filmmakers and guests I have on the show by allowing more people to be exposed to the podcast. It's quick, easy, and free, and I really appreciate it. You can find Picture Lock on most social media. All social media is at Picture Show. All right, folks, we're going to jump into this after show episode with filmmaker and author Paul Dudbridge right after this promo. What if you could have a film critic, film festival director, film publicist, and fellow filmmaker guide you with your film's PR and marketing journey from pre-production to post? I'm Kevin Sampson and my online course PR for the Indie Filmmaker does just that. In this course, I'm going to teach you how to set up your film to engage an audience and build a community long before you call action. I'll show you how to approach critics to make them aware of your film like publicists do. And as a director of two film festivals, I won't just teach you hacks and secrets to reduce entry fees, but how you can use the festival circuit to create buzz around your film. I'm a huge supporter of diverse storytelling and film, and I believe the most unique voices come from indie filmmakers. That's who I've supported over the years with my show, Picture Lock, whether on TV or on radio. With as much experience as I've had as an independent filmmaker myself, critic, publicist, and festival director, I realized that most indie filmmakers just need access to the knowledge that big firms provide to achieve success. So in this course, I'm going to demystify some of the process and give you everything I know in a behind-the-scenes look at the sides of the business you don't always see. So if you're an indie filmmaker that's looking to change the game with your films, PR, and marketing, make sure you check out PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Head on over to prfortheindiefilmmaker.com and get a free preview of the course, PR for the Indie Filmmaker. Get your film seen, build community, and become an army of one. All right, what's going on everybody? You have stuck around for the after show and I'm so glad that Paul Dudbridge has stuck around for the after show. We're gonna go a little bit more in depth into his new book, which is entitled Making Your First Blockbuster. Write it, film it, blow it up. And then of course, as we always do in the after show, we're going to get to uh, talking about PR and marketing for your film or web series and some of the things that Paul has learned plus he'll flip things around and ask me a question but Paul you know uh, we just talked about uh, your book and I think that what one of the things that we hit on more so was you know what's in the book what people can expect kind of why you wrote it but we didn't really hit on how can uh, people that purchase the book apply it practically. So if you could, like, what do you think is like the best way to kind of use this book? Because at first glance, there is a lot. There's a lot of information in it. And I think it's a good thing because when you go through it, it will definitely help you in your filmmaking. I, I know I've already learned some tips and tricks, um, but how do you digest it? How do you take a digestible bite and and start to apply it as we talked about in the interview earlier?
1: Okay, well that's interesting. I'm trying to think about how the best way to answer that. I mean, I think I just try to put as much practical information in there as possible. And I think it might be, not to deflect that, but I think it might be actually up to the reader about what they're looking for. And about what fits fits the missing jigsaw for them. And go, well actually this is what I need, I don't know, Uh, maybe some directors don't know about coverage. Or when to use kind of traditional wide single singles shot reverse shot, and then other times they're they're developing more of a or well, shooting a more of a developing shot covering things in one you know in one takes or whatever, and I think it just depends on what you're missing. you know perhaps you have a there might be some people um who have made something fairly small it might be a two hander you know kind of a you know a romance movie in a coffee shop, and you're about to embark on something a bit bigger and you, you know you haven't used visual effects before you haven't shot at night before or something and you go you might take that because the title making your first blockbuster i've always intended it to be it's not about literally you're going you're about to go off and make your you know avengers or your you know whatever it's what it's it's it could be that movie that you're making for 500, 500 bucks in your parents front room or it could be your new 5 10 million pound horror movie the, the principles are the same and it's what you're missing from that and uh, and what you can take from it so there's like i say there's shots on or there's chapters on shooting action or using the where music or, or editing and and all of that information could be um especially the fundamentals used across the board whatever the project is so i hope that they take what they want from it You know, because I mean, I'm using like the music chapter, for example. I talk about I can't talk composition because I'm not a composer, but I can tell you how to talk to a composer, which is about tone or emotion, and then spotting the film and going, at what point do we want to make the audience feel something? Do we stop the music then? Do we start it here? Do we have no music? Do we? I don't know. So that could be for an action film, it could be for a romance, it could be for a drama. It's all the same.
0: Yeah, you know, I think I, I definitely understand. And I don't think it's a deflection question because at the end of the day, you're right. Whoever picks up the book is going to take it in as, as you know, they best see fit. Um, but I do think that uh, it's one of those things where it's like, man, this is such a valuable book. Like, I definitely want folks to, to pick it up, to go through it and um, just finding out how to kind of navigate it. Uh, sometimes I know for me, like, I I'm, I'm, I might look at a book and I'm like, I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things where, and this might have been maybe it was more of a personal thing to me. Like I'm just like, uh, like how do I sink my teeth into this? And like you start to read, but like you said, sometimes. You just want to jump around to different chapters. But, anyways, the whole point I think is that there, there's so much in there that's great information. Um, okay. I definitely, definitely suggest folks check out that book. One of the things you just mentioned was whether it was uh, the $500 film that you're making in your parents' uh, front room or the $10 million horror film. And uh, I, we didn't get to talk about this in uh, the radio uh, interview. However, you are currently working on a zombie film,
1: correct? Like you're sure. on your day off.
0: Could you yeah, tell us a little bit off. about
1: that? <laughs> sure. Well, it's funny. I'm producing this zombie film as a co-production with um, some some filmmakers over in Germany. And they've come over to make a movie in, in my hometown. And um, I normally produce my own films because I'm also directing them. Uh, or I'm a DP on someone else's project. So this is the first time I'm actually producing uh, on its own. I'm just producing, I've got other producers with me but I'm not directing it or I'm not lighting it or anything. So it's a, it's a new experience for me which is quite good fun. Um, so yeah, basically the movie's called Hope's House. It's um, set in Bristol and uh, it's just, it's about uh, an old house that's on its last legs, it's a big mansion house. And um, there's a reading of a will um, of the woman, that, uh, the grandmother used to own the house, and there's a curse on the house, and these two sisters who don't get on and they haven't seen each other for, for a few years come to the house. And um, basically, yeah, zombies come out, and, and, and the undead come out of attack, and they've got to kind of defend the house and escape. Um, so it's good fun. I mean, I'm, I haven't done a, any sort of zombie films before, so it's kind of new. But, you know, it was fun that just kind of, you know, I had to deal with the, it was my responsibility to find the location, sort the contracts. What are we being fed? Who's coming on? Get a lot of my local crew from the area on the project, and then working with the the, the German production company that are coming over. So it's been a tough first week. <laughs> Some long hours. I just we finished at three a.m. this morning. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good fun experience.
0: Well, I definitely appreciate you uh, coming on. Before we jump into the the PR and marketing questions, because we'll do that next. One of the things I think that you are attracted to is. Sci-fi kind of uh, the horror experience, you know, obviously producing at least on this, but what attracts you to that those genres Well
1: initially, you know, I was I've always have been a drama person. I, I you know I used to make a lot of shorts I used to like watching the action visual effects spec, spectacular stuff. I used to like the drama um and i've got the background i have and doing a little bit of vfx and, and things like that i'm kind of moving into more genre films which is good because i'm kind of able to get the money in order to execute it correctly um and then i'm able to bring the sensibilities of the drama um to that project so you're giving hopefully you're giving the film a bit of a bit of layers to it it's not just kind of surface level shoot em up or a zombie or a horror picture you're actually going well there's some character stuff in here you know, how to write that or how to make sure that we capture that photographically and editorially to sort of add character to give it a bit more depth. But yeah, I do like the sci-fi, I like the visual effects, I like spaceships, you know, blowing the city up and all that. And, you know, it's all good fun. And I think that's it, You just got it's, they're just fun projects to work on, especially if you're filming 12-hour days till 3am, you want to know that you're enjoying what you're doing. And, and we had a sequence of the day where a couple of the actresses were jumping out of a window, but they throw, you know, they got to throw the shotgun out first. Then we got a stunt man telling them how to fall onto the mat. I mean, you can't get better than that. You know, that's such <laughs> right. really fun. You know, um, so yeah, you know, that's where the, that's where I get my kicks. You know
0: one of the things that I love that you just said is that uh you want to do something that you love and you enjoy because I think especially I mean in any industry but definitely in film like you said you you're putting in these long hours and um you're you're giving so much of yourself to the project um you want to be doing something that it's it's not chasing a check but you know, it's it's your what you're passionate about, and I definitely think going back to you know the book, making your first blockbuster again, I feel like that is what comes through, and and it's like, hey, do what you love within this field, and this is the best way to make it happen. So, sure. so yeah, um, let's jump into this uh, PR and marketing talk. So, um, you know, it's three questions, Paul. The first question I'm gonna ask is what is the biggest thing that you think you've done right when it comes to PR uh, and marketing for, you know, your films, web series, television?
1: Um, well, it's actually, it might be related to the second question, but I think what we did right, I think, was start early with all of that stuff. Um, you know, literally wind the clock right back and go, if you're thinking about writing a project, you know, I mean, I've got a project I'm doing at the moment, which is I've got, a Western being written, you know. So you know, start announcing that. You know what the images are you using, the references, location recce all that kind of stuff, and and just start the start that process to gather the audience. And I think sometimes the filmmakers make the mistake of thinking I need to keep my idea to myself. It's all hush hush now. I can't tell anybody about it. We're not releasing that information yet. And I think in this day and age you need to grab the audience hard you need to grab them quick you know and and, and it's funny whenever i hear people say oh we want to hide that or we want to keep that back for now it's like guys we're not marvel and we're not star wars <laughs> you know right you, you, you want to build that audience immediately and from the get go you know um, so that's what you know that's why i think we do especially with horizon releasing lots of pictures behind the scenes any screen grabs and 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 keeping it human as well just having that human human element to it whether it's a little bit of humor to taking it from a different angle and i think you know, not to sort of count likes but any of the posts that we've put up as well all of the humorous ones get the most attention you know if it's just hey we're filming on this particular camera that's something but if we're saying hey look at the camera system covered in fake blood where the squib went off all over him and it covered the the camera and it covered the filters and it's a funny picture, you know. That is that that you're breaking down the sequence. You you're, you're letting the audience peek behind the, the the screen a little bit. Say, hey, this is how you make a movie. Plus, look at his face; is covered in you know, blood or something. And 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 that's always gets the biggest hits because they love the the humor, the human nature to it, or any mistakes that you've made. So that's what. I would say was our strong point.
0: Awesome. You know, I love that just kind of recapping. So start early. Don't keep the idea to yourself. And then build your audience immediately. That's definitely something that I always suggest in in regards to um, publicity, because it starts, uh, you know, right after you. What I say is, right after you decide I'm really gonna do this, is when you need to start building that audience. So um, definitely great advice. Next question, Paul is, you know, what's the biggest uh, mistake that you think you've learned from in regard to engaging the audience, uh, PR and marketing for your for your projects?
1: Well, like I say, it might be related to the first one is that the fact that we didn't start early. You kind of, you know, where you kind of have the, you know, you have the premiere of your film and you decide to, to, to drop 200 images to do with your film, you know, a week before it's released. And hopefully the audience are going to be wowed and, and turn up for it. Um so, yeah, I think that's that's it. And just also making sure that the images themselves are the highest quality, Now, whether that's trailers, um, behind the scenes, they have to tell a story. And sometimes I see p- pictures of behind the scenes where it's just a, almost like a group of people stood in a field. It's part, someone's moving, they're blurred, you can't see the camera. Again, we're coming back to like what I call the mum factor. is like, you want to see the breakdown, you want to see the put the actor, the clapperboard, the boom mic, the camera, all in shot that says to a lay person, it says, Hey, they're making a movie Or I've seen I've I've seen trailers that have gone out for marketing and there'd be a flash of something that's it's quite dark and I didn't know what it was and I say to the director, Well what what was that shot then? And he goes, Oh, that's part of our big expensive chase sequence when the aliens are running through the woods and I'm like, Well yeah, but I can't tell that from fifteen frames of you know, a, some tree bark. So not only is the image underexposed, but there's no context for the for the person that doesn't know anything about it. But for them, they go, hey, they're going to be impressed by our big night shoot that we had with all these aliens running through the woods. And it's right. like, no, but I'm not getting that from your quick... Or, or they cut too fast because they think that that's what you do now. And even if you watch a good tra- trailer, you need to tell a story. Mm-hmm. You just need one line where you go... Oh my god we're trapped and we can't get you know we need to get out in 24 hours or x will happen then you can have all your action and explosions and witty lines you want in your trailer but unless the audience goes what's this about and normally they say, I do mention this in the book for the marketing you need to ask a question during your trailer that the audience needs to go to the theater to then get answered and a lot of filmmakers don't ask that question. They just think they're going to put together a load of images that are going to somehow be mysterious and the audience are go, ooh, I'm going to go see that now. Um, so I think it's important to see it from the audience's point of view. And I mean, obviously now sometimes trailers tell too much information that you don't need to go to the cinema anymore because you've seen the whole two-minute movie like in one little hit. Um, so, so, you know, it's a balance. So the quality... Plus the story um, and just make sure that when you sh- I show my mom that behind the scenes still, she knows she can understand what's going on.
0: Paul, man, I, I know for a fact that you have not seen my book. It hasn't been put out yet. And you every single thing that you're saying is in my book, PR Marketing for the Indie Filmmaker. Um, I love what you said. First off, just putting your best foot forward in what you put out. So, you know, earlier we talked about how you need to start early, but it's like even though you start early, make sure that you're putting your best foot forward in the images that you're displaying. And what I really loved is that you said, you know, making sure that it's clear and you have context for your audience. Because you're right, so many times we... Think that you know this is a cool still, and we are in the midst of it as either directors, producers, you know, cinematographer, whatever the case may be, and it makes a lot of sense to us because we've been working on this for a long time. We're working on it currently, but then when it goes out into the world, it's like, oh, it's just another picture. Like it just doesn't yep. make sense. So I think that makes sense. Um, making sure that, like you said, your mom can understand what's going on. Um, and then I, I the other thing that I, I love that you said was ask a question that the audience has to go to the theater to have answered in your trailer. I've never heard of it like that, but that is like genius because, you know, typically in film, we always during the film we're we're always trying to put a question forward that continues the story, right? So like yeah. Whether it's like the cop that's trying to figure out the crime, right? The question is, well, is this the bad guy, or whatever the case may be? there's a question that's always um, uh, like dangling, like a <clears throat> excuse me, like a carrot right in front of the yeah. audience. But in terms of our marketing, making sure that we're dangling that carrot in the trailer that will cause someone to either a go to the theater or B, you know, go check out your film at a film festival, or, you know, make sure that you check it out on Netflix, whatever the case may be. Um, that, my friend, was worth this whole conversation right there. Uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love that. Um, I, and there was one more, but I, I've forgotten about it now, because I, I guess I was just my mind... Poof. Was blown. <laughs> so let's go ahead and wrap out here, man. Last question. Uh, you get to flip it. Ask me any question, just in regard to, you know, my capacity as a film critic, publicist, uh, film festival director. What uh, question do you have for me in regard to maybe PR and marketing, or even just how film festivals behind the scenes work?
1: Well, I was yeah. That's a great, great. Thanks for the opportunity. I think um, it's a film festival thing, really about the decisions behind what gets accepted is having a film online already that damaging um you know kind of because i've you know a film festival you might get declined your film might get declined because they didn't like it or it might be declined because they already have a film uh, on their program that's very very similar or every you know I've, i've had things before where my film is like 25 minutes and other films are 15 so it's been rejected because they can get other they can get another two films in there but obviously they won't give you that feedback to say hey we loved your film but it just gets a no and you immediately jump to the conclusion that they didn't like it Um, uh, and yeah and just I think I don't know whether from a marketing point of view sometimes I you know I question sometimes whether I'm doing enough and whether there is anything else that I could be doing, or, you know, I don't know. So that's kind of a little bit I would put to you is just you'll be on, you know, the decision making process about how you accept and also what damage, what things could be damaging. If he films online. Uh, but yeah, that would be my question to you. Kevin.
0: Yeah, no, that was a great question. It's funny because like you kind of were answering it, you know, how like, you're like, is that car? Is that a red car? And it's like, you answer in the question. Like, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a red car, Paul. Uh, I, I, I I definitely can speak to you know the festivals that I direct and um, kind of how we look at that. Um, I think it it depends on each festival, but that's something that that we put into um, you know the application processes. That you know if if your film is already online, unless it's a web series, you know we we're not going to accept it. And I think the the thing behind that is as a film festival, right? We want to promote uh... films that haven't been seen we want to bring the audience you know new stories but if you can go online and you can find it well what's the point of you know like just four wall of theater yourself if you want to see it on the yeah. big screen but like we want to present something to the audience that they're not going to be able to find outside of it so of course if it's a web series it's a web series right like okay That makes sense, so we'll we'll definitely accept that. But outside of that, it's best to kinda hold off on putting your film online until you've you've run your, you know, the festival circuit and then go from there if you're gonna put it out for video on demand or or whatever the case may be. Um I I think kinda to answer your question, like behind the scenes and programming, you're right. There's so many different factors. You know, we could have a bunch of uh films that are the same, you know topic like literally you know in the past sometimes for DC Black Film Festival we've had you know civil rights era you know narrative films and they're both about counter protests like sitting at at the counters of like different restaurants and things like that in the civil rights era and so you know it it becomes one of those things where like doesn't really make sense to program two films that are so similar all right, which one feels the best? Which one do we think we can present to the audience that they're going to be challenged, they're going to be moved by? Um you did bring up another, you know, big t- topic, you know, obviously as a film festival, we have so many hours that we're renting a theater. So depending on how, you know, everything is coming together in terms of these are the films that, like, our screeners definitely said should be in there. That mathematical equation comes into a factor as well. So there, there's plenty of different factors. I think the big thing is like, I'm a part of the Film Festival Alliance, and one of the things that we talk about is there's definitely a festival for your film. It's just that every festival may not be for your film, if that makes sense. And so sure. um, so there's definitely going to be uh, a festival out there for your film. And I think that one of the things that I encourage is look at, you know, the different festivals that you want to apply to, you know, write that list. And then make sure that, like, it has a history of um, kind of accepting films that are, you know, in your film genre or, you know, just make sure you have a good fit. Now, there are going to be some of those big reach, you know, Sundance or Telluride, whatever the case may be. And, yeah, we know, like, oh, it might get in, it might not. But then also, just in terms of as filmmakers, because the submission fees do add up, you don't want to just willy-nilly, you know, apply to everybody. Just make sure that you're, you know, applying to something that's closely aligned with your film. So, uh, sure. was that uh, was that the whole question, or was there there was one piece at the end? I think. Uh, oh, what
1: was that? Um, yeah, about whether I'm doing enough, or whether whether, you know just from a marketing point of view yeah you just kind of go because I don't know what other you know you kind of you see what other people are doing but you're not going to see all of their material um and I, I remember reading there was a, a filmmaker over here that I was speaking to once and he was because you sometimes think that you don't want to just spam your audience on Twitter with the same stuff but he was saying like a tweet has a shelf life of about 30 seconds <laughs> right like you could put the same tweet out eight times a day and 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 the, and and some people might see it four times. One some people might never see it. But you do You you kind of some of the mentality sometimes is to think, oh, I got to hold back because I don't want to spam and kind of turn people off. But actually, you need to get it out there because you know not everyone's going to see that of when they go, having to go on Twitter. So yeah, this, you know I think I've had that myself, and I've seen other people do it where they go, oh, I don't want to put you know, I don't want to kind of seem repetitive or seem boring, but actually perhaps you need to hit it all the time.
0: Yeah, no, um, and you're definitely right. I think I'll answer this, not necessarily from a film festival uh, point of view, but or from a marketing strategy. Um, you know, some of the great you know, social media marketers and stuff like, I don't know if you know, Gary V and stuff, Like he's yeah, always yeah. saying, you, making sure that you're posting daily, multiple times a day for what you just said. The fact that, you know, you put it out there and then it's gonna go to, you know, the bottom of people's feeds or whatever. One of the things that I talk about in the book um, is this is where it's really important to get your cast and crew on Early, So like just like we talked about getting out there early and showing the stills and the process, bringing your cast and and, uh, crew on uh, via social media early so that they feel like this is their baby as much as it's yours as producer, director or whatever the case may be. Because to what you're saying and, and that point is when you put something out and you're able to say... Hey, check out @PaulDubridge. You know, on the set of the our latest horror film. What an awesome cinematographer! And not necessarily that you might see that, but it might just be like, check out you know Paul, cinematographer behind the scenes of the latest. And so you're tagging other people who then retweet or repost and and then it becomes bigger than just your one tweet or one message and so I think that's sure. one of the things that a lot of times definitely as indie filmmakers we we kind of miss out on and and a lot of times we get a little bit more um... gazing in terms of hey this is my project but when you bring and in, instill in that family environment the family will also start to put it out and they put it out to their audience and so it you just get to see a lot more, I think. So that's that would be my suggestion
1: on that one. Brilliant. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you.
0: (laughs) No doubt. Oh, man. Well, Paul, it has been, uh, let's not make it three more years until the next time that we talk. It's definitely been good talking to you again, guys. It's Paul Dubridge. He is the author of Making Your First Blockbuster, Write It, Film It, Blow It Up. Paul, if you could, as we close out here one more time, how can people find the book, follow you, see more of your work, etc.?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, the book, Making Your First Blockbuster, uh, can be found on Amazon. Um, Also, on Michael uh, V.C. Productions, uh, their website, the publisher, which is MWP.com, and on the shelf in Barnes & Noble. Um, uh, You can find me online and my work. um, My website is PaulDubridge.com. Um, My Twitter is at Hanover Pictures, H-A-N-O-V-E-R, pictures, and on Instagram, uh, Paul Dutbridge. So, um, yeah, check me out and um, say hi.
0: Paul, man, this has been great. Thanks again for sticking around for the after show. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me, and thank you for your kind comments on the book. Very much appreciate it.
0: What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Picture Lock. I absolutely love film, as you know, and have given my life to studying the medium. As a filmmaker, I understand what it takes to make a film from its inception to the big screen. As a critic, I've been able to see the business of film from the marketing side of things. And as a film festival director, I've been able to see the distribution side, but more importantly, the enormous amount of talented filmmakers out there creating and crafting stories from their heart. And that's why I've started PictureLock PR. If you're a filmmaker or producer looking to engage audiences and create relevance around your latest or upcoming project, head over to PictureLockPR.com. We can help you with your film's publicity from pre to post-production. Get more information and see the clients we've helped in the past at PictureLockPR.com. PictureLock PR. Finally, a partner as passionate as you.